I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Mary. Hey, Matt. I've had two sips of cold brew and two sips of juice. I am ready for this recording. Okay, well, I've had three cold brews today. Oh, God, that's unhealthy. <laughs> and a juice and a smoothie <laughs> and a salad and oatmeal. Oh, your stomach's going to be wild later. Uh, Well, technically, I make coffee for myself in the morning, and I had, like, a large cup, and then I walked and got a venti coffee, and then uh, I worked out, I had a smoothie. <laughs> And then on the way here, I had a cold brew. Wow, I just want to let everyone know it's only 3 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> and now a juice. Wow. I have a system, okay? Mm-hmm. And that system is basically do a bunch of uppers before we record and then crash afterwards. This seems like we're really ready. Really ready for this episode. <laughs> anyway, let's just get into the fucking episode. We're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the worst news of the week. After that, we are diving deep into sports, specifically sports fans, because some people think that spooky season is actually the season to just toss some balls at my face, and I'm not here for it. The only sports ball game that matters is the one that brings Beyonce out for a Destiny's Child reunion, or the sport that lets Harry Styles kick a ball around while wearing short shorts. Remember when Michelle Obama pelted Harry Styles with a dodgeball right in the dick? Never forget. And finally, we have Nikki Glazer in the studio. Nikki is a stand-up comedian, radio host. You know her from Celebrity Roasts on Comedy Central, her show You Up on SiriusXM. Now, her latest hour is on Netflix. It's called Bangin'. We talk about all that and more. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's deflate some balls and start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, in a recent interview, a man named Wally Conron, who invented the Labradoodle, says it was his, quote, life's regret. You know what You know what my regret is? Not punching that guy in the fucking face for yeah. saying that. Why don't, you, why don't you buck up, Wally? <laughs> Get ready to fucking fight. Well, yeah, he says he hasn't got a clue why people are still breeding them. I mean, his concern is that, like, they're a monster and, like, it's like most dogs that, like, have been bred over centuries and, like, can't breathe. It's like pugs Mm -hmm. shouldn't be alive. No, absolutely not. Their faces are smushed. Yeah. Faces shouldn't be smushed. I love a pug. Love them. I would, yeah, I'll put my face in a pug's face. It's not hard because it's just a flat surface. <laughs> but also, yeah, they've been bred over many, many years and their nasal cavity like shouldn't exist. Yeah. Oh, uh, how convenient of him to say this after A Star is Born, starring the famous Bradley Cooper Labradoodle. I cannot believe that no one told me that dog was in that movie. 
Everyone talked about everything else in that movie. No one mentioned to me, yeah, there's a dog and they use it as a clock to let you know how time passes. So you see it from a puppy to when it's a full grown dog. If you had told me that, I would have been there opening weekend. Did you not see A Star is Born? I saw it very late. Wow, homophobic. I know. <laughs> First of all, homophobic. Second of all, also it was, it was Bradley Cooper's IRL dog. What? Yeah, you dumbass. I did not know that. Oh my God, such a talented actor dog. What is the point? And then it's there when he dies. I know. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, wow. They made that poor dog go method and watch (laughs) his fucking owner die on screen. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the guy was like, uh, the guy who invented the Labradoodle. Also, it's insane to me that this man like invented a breed of dog. I mean, he just got two dogs to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, you pimped out two dogs, and now you're call- you're on the fucking ABC News talking about your Frankenstein invention. So uh, the Labradoodle, if you don't know, is a cross between some fucking Labrador and a poodle, and it's really fluffy, and it's a pretty popular dog breed. And now the guy who um, made these animals fuck says that he regrets it. He says, quote, I opened a Pandora's box. I released a Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, people are just breeding for the money. Unscrupulous, unscrupulous breeders oh. are crossing poodles with inappropriate dogs simply so they can say they were the first to do it. Well, that's what you get when you pimp out dogs. I legitimately don't understand how it works. How can all dogs can just fuck any other dog? Yeah. And give birth? Yes. Do you know that dog abortions are a thing? (laughs) I know someone who breeds a dog and he's had to get her an abortion before because an unwanted pregnancy happened at the dog park. I mean, I would say her body, her choice, but the dog has no choice. (laughs) No, it was definitely his choice. (laughs) Typical, typical Republican. (laughs) Just controlling a woman's body. Real bitch. Next! A guest at an Israeli wedding ended up in the hospital after mistaking a spicy chunk of wasabi for a cool piece of avocado. (laughs) Oh, Oh, we've all been there. Yeah, but this woman had to go to the fucking emergency room because she just jumped into wasabi. That's I didn't know what the fuck wasabi was until like three years ago, okay? Because I didn't grow up with all this fancy green Play-Doh that they just serve with sushi. And so, yeah, they oh, I got a nice delicious plate of fucking whatever. And then they have this little dollop of what appears to be guacamole. And then you put that fucking chunk in your mouth and you end up like breathing dragon fire so this woman 60 year old woman she ate a spoonful of it um it is meant to be consumed in small doses and uh, yeah apparently she had to be taken to an emergency room where she was treated for um basically it is uh <laughs> the technical term is takotsubo <laughs> cardiomyopathy basically it it is a dysfunction that occurs when your body endures great physical or emotional stress oh man (laughs) so she had like a horrible attack on herself because she was so taken aback i mean yeah first time i ate wasabi i was not prepared Mm -mm. yeah and it's a condition that can be mistaken for a heart attack so she was like yeah she was not well um Wait, wasabi is Japanese horseradish? Yeah. 
fuck off. <laughs> what is horseradish? It's a root, right? Isn't I don't it a, know. Yeah, it's a root. Why is it called horseradish? Um, because originally horses would dig it up with their hooves. Is that true? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know. You said it so confidently and it was not funny enough to be <laughs> <laughs> to be a lie. Thank you. So it's just a, a boring fact that isn't true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this article, this is from the Daily News. It says scientists have studied wasabi, which is a root. Not whatever you said. It just said it was a root. Nope. Uh, <laughs> they've studied it in their efforts to find a cure for anti-inflammatory pain. So <laughs> have fun never being inflamed in your life, dumbass woman. It's No, she had to freak out and go to the emergency room instead of just enjoying the anti-inflammatory benefits of wasabi. Why don't you find the silver lining in this, lady? I'm sure she's listening. Mm-hmm. We have a huge listenership in Israel. Yeah. Everyone. No, we have one, and it's my friend Eliana. <laughs> Hi, I love you. Um. Oh, no. Did she die? No. It just says, the unwitting wasabi eater's condition reportedly altered the left ventricle of her heart temporarily, which prohibited it from pumping blood. Holy shit. <laughs> the ailment is also known as broken heart syndrome. Oh. Wah, wah. <laughs> That's that's all I have to offer. Anyway, I hope you're doing better. Maybe next time you'll think twice about popping that wasabi chunk in your mouth. And finally, a few people I think sent this to me. Authorities in Louisiana say a camel at a truck stop petting zoo sat on a woman after she crawled into its enclosure. And then, in order to escape, the woman bit the camel's testicles. No. <laughs> so it would get off of her. <laughs> it's a delicacy in some countries. Uh, she didn't eat it. She just <laughs> chomped into it. Oh, God. So it's a couple. Um, they were in Louisiana. They are from Florida, obviously. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, that's what they train you in. That's oh, the only thing they teach in Florida schools is how to bite your way yeah. <laughs> through a camel's testicles mm -hmm. in order to escape from a severe petting zoo incident. It literally sounds like, like a, a, a sitcom setup. <laughs> I would I would write an entire series about this. A hundred percent. One incident. Anyway, this woman, uh, the sheriff's office said that the Florida woman's husband had been throwing treats to their dog under the camel's fence. Where did the dog yeah, come Yeah, so in? they brought their dog with them. Oh, and the dog got in? Yeah, because they were throwing treats into it to like entice it to go in. They claim that's not what they were doing and that it was an accident, but apparently they were Riley. So the dog, they brought their dog, the dog gets in. They were trying to get the dog to go to the camel or they were trying to get the dog to come back from no, the camel? No, go into the camel because <laughs> these people are from Florida. <laughs> so that's when the 600-pound camel, whose name was Casper, by the way. I don't know why that's funny because it's a ghost name. It's an underage ghost that I wanted to fuck in the 90s before I even knew what fucking was. That's when it came over and sat on the woman, and then she had to bite its testicles so he would get off her. She was then brought to the hospital. Um, why don't you bring the camel to the fucking hospital? Well, the, the camel ended up getting a rabies shot <gasps> <laughs> because of the human. <laughs> yeah, someone from Florida bites you. You sure as shit better get a shot. I also like that. 
I like that a camel's response is like, you're really annoying. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking sit on you. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my defense mechanism. Camels are mean. Yeah, I know. I've seen... I'm surprised it wasn't like spitting at her. Yeah. I thought that's what they do. They spit, they bite. I mean, most animals do. Yeah. I don't think any animal likes being in like a cage, Mm-mm. getting dog treats thrown at it. Like he can't even eat that. I mean, I'm sure it could. I wish it ate the dog. <gasps> if the camel sat on the dog, it definitely would have died. Yeah. There's a lot happening. There's a lot happening. I don't know. I also don't get It's like, do you have two humps or one? Pick. You can't have both. There's all these fucking camels walking around. Some of them have one hump and some of them have two. Don't the ones with two are like more like northern, like Siberian camels? I don't know, but they have bigger egos. That's for damn sure. Oh, Fergie's song was written about you. You're my lovely lady lumps. (laughs) Definitely written about camels and and not her body. I love that song. It's my... (laughs) My favorite lyric is Milky Milky Cocoa Puffs, Milky Milky Right. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we are diving deep into sports fans. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. All right. Well, fall is underway, which means a bunch of fucking sports is happening. And do I know exactly which sports? Absolutely not. Football, for sure. I'm pretty sure. Baseball, possibly. Basketball, I know, is only like one day in March. Mm -hmm. So I know that's not now. But whatever sports are happening, the fans are out. And they're terrifying. So this week's deep dive is about fucking sports fans and how I'm sick of them. All right, let's get it. Can you do this entire thing in a sports announcer voice? No, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, first of all, why are there so many games? Straights are always like, oh, why do people care about the fucking Met Gala or like the Oscars red carpet? And it's like Anna Winter comes out of her cocoon once every 12 months. <laughs> Let us have this. You motherfuckers have a football game every three hours. So why don't you chill the fuck out? All sports fans also travel in packs. I'm just minding my own business, listening to the Smash soundtrack on the sidewalk when a throng, nay, a horde of fucking burly beer-breathed bros come stomping down the sidewalk wearing gaudy jerseys with other men's names on them, and they're all just huffing and puffing like they all just got kicked out of the same goddamn anger management program. It's like, we get it. You've all never groomed your pubes. And all of your underwear definitely has shit streaks on them. This is really just about bros. (laughs) And why is every game of sports just like nine hours long? Sports bros can barely hold a conversation for more than two sentences, but they can manage to watch a fucking man in tight capri pants run around a grassy knoll for half a day. The straight guys are always like, oh, how, how do you even keep track of how many real housewives there are? First of all, not even Andy Cohen knows all of the housewives <laughs> because one of them dies like once a week. Oh, and if you learn their names, it just makes it more painful. But second of all, you managed to remember about 70 men from Wisconsin whose names are all Aaron. So why don't you chill the fuck out? Also, anybody can learn how to throw a ball if their dad didn't love them enough. 
But can you turn a two-week vacation on a resort island into a friendship-ending fistfight over closet space? I don't think so! The Real Housewives have more talent than you ever will. Fucking Tom Brady. Fuck off. Also, I feel like they just make up new rules for these games just to confuse the rest of us who happen to just be tuning in because we're forced to. Apparently the ball has to be inflated a certain amount or someone gets like sued over it. There's flags that they're just throwing around with different colors. And a, a man in a striped suit, it just gets to wave his arms and make a bunch of calls, and we're just supposed to listen to him? <laughs> Who are they? Did they go to school for this? I actually don't know if they went to school for this. I'm assuming there's, <laughs> but is it like a grad program? I don't know. Also, my dad has sat me down during a football game throughout the entire football game and fully explained how that game works, and I walked away absolutely no idea. Just I, I have no idea about the rules of it. I've been told by so many men how you play that game. None of it stays in my brain, and I never need it to. Yeah, I just, there's, a, there, like, downs. The downs, and then someone was like, the downs are kind of like strikes, but then, like, also yards, and that, that's doing math at that point, and I'm not here to do math. Yeah, the, the measurement, like, nobody ever uses yards as a measurement for anything outside of football. Yeah. Nobody has ever used it. Mm-mm. I had to learn the rules of football in college so that I could be friends with people. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember when I, my freshman year, it was like my first week, I'd like made friends and they were like, oh, do you want to go to the football game tomorrow? And I was like, I guess! They never gave me a specified time. So the next day, I assumed I could just get up like 20 minutes before the game started. And apparently that's not how it works. You have to show up like 10 hours early. Which is why, yeah, the only good thing about football is tailgating. And that starts at like 5 a.m. You want me to wake up before the sun just to drink a bunch of lukewarm Miller Lite in a parking lot? All the bars at IU would have like breakfast specials Ugh. at like six thirty in the morning. It was it was gross. Like uh, food or like a drink special. Food and drink. Yeah, no. it was it was intense. I went to one tailgate for a game. I think in my entire four years at IU. Well, it's also like in college, tailgate food is better than what you're usually eating anyway. True, fair. It's basically a barbecue. <laughs> yeah, isn't IU in the Big Ten? Yeah. I don't fucking know. We're not known for football. We're known for basketball. We're, we have a terrible football team. I went to Northwestern and we were bad at everything. Yeah. Even though that's the other thing that I went to a Big Ten school. There are more than 10 schools. Uh, yeah. Why is it called that? Make it make sense. I know. I was always so confused and they'd, then they'd get mad at me because I'd have to ask questions. Sorry, I'm trying to learn. And the student section was always like the farthest away. Like, we're the only ones who actually give a shit just because we're here for free and we're not paying. Whoa. No, student tickets are fucking expensive. I don't think at I least paid. at IU. At IU, it was like people were like, you want to do season tickets? I was like, no, I don't have that kind of money right now. How do you have this kind of money? But yeah, tailgating. There's always bros were always like, yeah, yeah, man. I, I made these bratwurst directly on the engine of my Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> It's like, it's like, we get it. You've never made your girlfriend come. (laughs) Can you stop making me get up at the beginning of time for a game that doesn't even start for another seven fucking hours? Also, sports fans are always just like at bars that have way too many TVs. What are you supposed to look at? You can't look at one of them. You got to look at like eight of them. And then you can't make eye contact with each other. 
Yeah, it's like everyone is backlit. You can't see anyone's face. You walk in, your hair immediately stands on end. <laughs> Remember when you put your face too close to a TV and, and your, all like, your hair yeah, would stand yeah. up? That's what happens when you go into a fucking straight bar. There's enough static electricity in this place to give me a headache, let alone all of the straight people yelling at one another over make-believe games. The rules are made up! The only good thing that sports people have figured out is how to throw a fucking food party. Because I'll eat every one of those finger foods. A buffalo wing? A fucking taquito? A mini dick-shaped taco? Are you kidding me? I'll put that directly in my throat. And I have, and I will. Uh, what else? Mini meatballs? Ooh, yeah. You got the bean dip and the nacho. A lot oh, of dips. yeah. A layered Huge dip. Huge variety of dips. Yeah. Why stop at just seven? Mm-mm. I want as many layers as this body can take, okay? Which is infinity. I want infinity layers of, of dip. I've, I think I've said this before. I used to, like, fall asleep at night to the sounds of my grandma screaming at the television. She would come over because my grandparents didn't have cable of any sort, I guess. I don't know why they had to watch it at our house. Maybe they just loved you? <laughs> no, I remember, like, my grandma would specifically come over and make my grandpa come because she had to watch the game at our house. Because she fucking loved Michael Jordan. Yeah. He was a king. Anyway, that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we have Nikki Glazer in the studio right after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, you'll get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. I got to try out HelloFresh, and now I can cook delicious meals at home, all from the comfort of my own kitchen. From step-to-step recipes to pre-measured ingredients, HelloFresh gives you everything you need to get an impressive meal on the table in just about 30 minutes. No more unnecessary grocery trips for you, and no more takeout orders for me. Plus, you can easily change your delivery days, food preferences, skip a week whenever you need, or hey, you can add extra meals to your weekly order as well as some yummy add-ons like garlic bread and cookie dough. Mm. Sweet, sweet cookie dough. Personally, I went with the Calorie Smart Meals. They pair so nicely with my delicious smoothies that I make. I've made the amazing apricot ginger chicken with roasted green beans and jasmine rice, and I can't wait to see what I get in my next box. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash unhappy80 and enter code unhappy 80. That's like receiving eight meals free when you go to HelloFresh.com slash unhappy80 and enter unhappy80. My guest complainer today is comedian Nikki Glazer. You've seen her on all the comedy things. You heard her daily radio show on SiriusXM, You Up with Nikki Glazer. And she's got a new hour comedy special on Netflix coming out soon. Bangin'. Welcome, Nikki. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. I'm excited. I just watched. I got a, a special Netflix preview. Oh my god, you did! I haven't met. I haven't seen anyone that's seen it. <laughs> I just watched it. Oh my like, god! Yeah, a couple hours ago. How do you feel? 
I feel changed. (laughs) (laughs) I feel reborn. It's so weird because it's like I've made this thing and I've seen it a billion times and... um, and so of my friends, but now like doing these interviews and stuff, people are like, I just watched it. And I'm just like, <laughs> just yeah. the panic kind of sets in. Will so you... Will you just quell my fears and say good job or something? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Great job. Okay. Thank God. God when was a compliment going to come? No, I love it. Thank you, man. I, uh, well, I mean, you've done you've done stand-up specials before. Yeah, but I right? still need to hear that I'm funny and that <laughs> I am brilliant and gorgeous. And I just need the constant validation. It's never enough. Do you know that? Yeah. Do you know that it's never enough for anyone? No, of course. I realized that one time I got off stage at the Comedy Cellar and Chris Rock went on after me. And I was like, oh, I'll watch his set. And he obviously killed. And he came off stage and he was walking back up to the Olive Tree Cafe, which is above the cellar where everyone hangs out. And he was walking up the stairs past me. And I was like, I don't need to say good job. He's he know he's Chris Rock. Right. Like, but generally with a comedian, you would say great set if you watched it. Yeah. And I didn't say it. And then I he got past me and I was like, bitch, are you ever <laughs> not going to want to hear great set? Are you ever? No. And I go, no. So I go, great set. And he turned around like he needed it. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, thank you. And it proved to me that it's never enough. If you see a celebrity and you go, I don't need to tell them. You should tell them, bother them. Don't bother them and make them take a picture and get into this long-winded monologue about why they changed your life. But just go, I appreciate your work, and, like, snipe them. Right. Give a little snipe compliment. I feel Celebrities like, love it. Yeah, especially celebrity. I feel like, yeah. Yes. They, we need everybody. Everybody who's in any type of entertainment Bottomless like, pit. Yeah. We we skipped past our, our typical first question, Sorry. which is um no, we got we got Blew right into it. it. What is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Meat. Yeah, that's and cheese. It disgusts me. Are you I know are you full blown vegan? Full blown vegan yeah. and it's because I care about animals. And I used to eat meat all the time. I used to love it. I still love it. I still love the taste of meat. I just don't pictures of meat. Pictures of cheese, yeah. seeing meat. I just like, I'm I'm grossed out by it in a way that if it was like an, a human body part that you right. saw, like there are just cuts of meat on the sides of trucks yeah, that are like raw meat. And it just like disturbs me now. And I'm glad to have gotten to a point where it disturbs me so much because it's not something I will ever waver on again. And I'm right. very passionate about it. And it feels right to feel a visceral response to an animal body part on the side of a truck glamorously displayed like look what we do right and everyone doesn't have a problem with it most people the vast majority of people have no problem with it and it's just kind of a it's a weird burden to walk around with and i and i do feel like i'm better than everyone else (laughs) i don't feel no i don't feel like i'm better than everyone else but it is it's hard to just um it's hard to ch- once you change your thinking, you can't go back. Once you see the documentaries right. and read the books that we're all avoiding because we like bacon. <laughs> yeah. Once you see that stuff, you can't go back. Yeah. So you know when you're ready, go look at it. I know. I'm like I'm. I just know I'm one documentary away from. Yes, you are. <laughs> you and can... I think the one is um, uh, what the hell? What the health? Or what? The- yeah, I think that's the one that really converts a lot of pe- people. Yeah. So I would steer people. I just read stuff because I was like too scared of the. I don't want to see factory farm footage. Right. Triple F. I don't want to see that shit. So um. So I read about it. Yeah. And that was able to get me there. 
All right. Yeah. I used to work, uh, I, I worked with a lot of vegans. They were all like very, very passionate. And it, we, yeah. It's so wild. <laughs> it's yeah. It's hard not I, to be. Oh, I used to hate vegans. I used to be so annoyed by them. I had jokes in my act about them. Nothing bothers me more than a vegan joke. Like if you're making fun of vegans, you're lazy and you're attacking people who are only trying to do good. Yeah. They're not trying to do anything bad. You just don't like them because they make you feel bad about the thing that you know you should feel bad about. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that it? Isn't that it? Anyway, so that's what why I used to attack vegans because I knew what I was doing wasn't right. And they're just like lame and like shut up and you're weak and... And I used to have bits about and I like cringe thinking about those jokes because I'm like, it's such low hanging fruit. Yeah. You know, pun intended to make fun of vegans. But we are obnoxious. Yeah. We are so obnoxious. (laughs) Shut up. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sure we've lost half our (laughs) listeners. We've made it through. Let me give some sort of like, uh, here's a reward for making it through. Um... God, what's a reward? I ate <laughs> half an edible on the way here. Oh, so nice. that's kicking in now. Okay, great. That's a little reward. That's I wasn't going to disclose that, but yeah. I'm disclosing that. So you maybe enjoy the rest of the podcast a little bit more. Do, do you, you do ever a, a CBD like dominant a THC? What is your this one? Oh, I love these so much. They make because usually edibles give me a, a headache or they make me feel too high. Uh-huh. These are like 10 milligram chews, and I took a, a like a three milligram bite, which is almost a micro dose. And um, they're vegan, and they don't make me feel high. Okay. And that's what I hate is when you get high and you're like, oh, I'm high. Yeah. I don't think I've actually, like, taken an edible and then, like, gone and lived my life. Ooh, what? It's, really? It's usually, like, well... Oh, yeah, because you are committing to, like, a right. sitting. It's like, all right, I'm going to be in for the rest of the night. Let's do this. That's responsible. I'm taking mine out on the road, doing podcasts, doing press tours, trying out new edibles and how they react in my system. I mean, I guess I have done that before. And then there's like, but there's that moment where I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be outside right now. Yes. I should definitely like everyone's looking at me and I should, yeah. I should not be on a stage. But or then something. sometimes I'm just like, you're high, bitch. Ride it out and have some fun. <laughs> no one knows. Like, Are you able to perform high? Yes. Yeah, I'm performing right now, technically, (laughs) you know, like this is a this is something I should be on for. And it's irresponsible for me to be under an influence of something. But mostly it just it's I'm killing it. Yeah. And I'm a pothead. I'm fucking (laughs) killing it. The second I'm not killing it, I'll kill it. Yeah. I quit drinking. The second drinking made my life unmanageable or affected my career negatively. I found a way to get it out. Yeah. If it starts doing that, but sometimes, you know, I'm on stage, the way it has affected me negatively is that it makes me lightheaded Mm -hmm. if I smoke too much. And I've been on stage before and been like, I'm going to faint. And that's happened twice in the, you know, 16 years I've been doing comedy. It happened in 2007, then again last year in 2018. And the 2018 show was in front of like thousands of people. Oh, were you actually fainted? Or no, just I was like... on stage and I saw it coming because of the 2007 incident. Yeah. And I had recently relived that incident in a um, conversation that day. So I feel like I was just like, wow, maybe it. it could happen again. Like, I don't yeah. know. It was really scary. I fainted on stage in 2007. I was at, at this show, like at a bar and grill. And there was like this makeshift stage, no no back wall to the stage, anything for me to lean upon. So I just right. like, fell back. But I didn't, I'd never fainted before. I was also like struggling with my eating disorder at the time. And so I was like 
not eating enough, rushed to the show, smoked weed on the way there, had gone for a run right before I left, all the things, and I get there, and I'm determined to eat my meal when I get there because I was broke at the time, and the show paid you in a meal, so it was like my one meal a day, Yeah, I was fucking spiraling because I was about to go to Montreal Comedy Festival for the Just for Laughs New Faces, and I was going to like be a star after that, so I was trying to get as skinny as... Control, control. Just right. trying to control my out-of-control life. And um, so we got to the show, and I ordered my food, and they're like, can you go up? And I'm like, I really need to eat. And they're like, just go up, and then your food will be out. And I'm like, okay. So I'm up there, and like two jokes in, I just started feeling overheated. I couldn't think straight. I didn't know where what joke I was saying. And tunnel vision happened, and I was just like, I think I'm going to faint. I said it to the girls in the front row. And the, and I go, is, is that awkward? And I just remember this girl going, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And this was before everyone was saying, is that awkward? So I was like ahead of the trend. Right. It sounds you really like, cle- it sounds like hacky for me to be like, is that awkward? But like 2007, <laughs> no one was saying that. Maybe I started it. I don't know. Yeah. So then I just, don't, that was the last thing I remember. And then I was passed out and I was like, kept the mic up to my mouth though the whole time I was passed out like I had that instinct <laughs> and then I woke up and I like ran to the bathroom because I was so startled by waking I thought I I dreamed I like fell into a dream state I dreamed that I was on stage and I passed out uh-huh. and so I had that I woke up from being passed out and I was like oh thank god that was just a dream you know those dreams where yeah. you're like oh shit that was close <laughs> Good thing it was a dream well mine was real and yeah. it was like no and then I ran to the bathroom and no one came in after me. I was just in a stall, just like hyperventilating, being like, my career is over. And and then I was embarrassed and no one was coming to get me. And I was like, why is no one checking in on me? And then I got filled with a rage because I was so embarrassed. And then I just burst out the doors and screamed to a crowd that was just shocked because they saw a girl faint and then sprint to the bathroom. So they were all silent. And it was like a hundred and something people. And I just go, is anyone going to fucking help me? <laughs> And then I ra- sprinted into the kitchen, which was right there. And I'm like, somebody, I need some food. And um, just crazy. Yeah. You know, when you like get mad because you're embarrassed <laughs> and you don't know where to play, like you're mad at yourself. And then I cried and was sobbing in the kitchen around a bunch of guys that were like Mexican and didn't even speak English and just saw this crying, spastic white girl skinny white girl running just i need food and then uh and then i had to go back out because the only way back out was through the showroom again and then when i walked out they all clapped and it was like so (laughs) embarrassing when i just yelled at them and they were being nice to me so then cut to 11 years later i'm on stage in montreal thousand people and i didn't know that my show was an hour earlier, so I'd eaten an edible and timed it perfectly, an hour right. out of an edible, and I get there, I fucking eat some food, feel good. <sighs> Someone calls me and is like, why aren't you here? And I'm like, um, I, it's in an hour, and they're like, you're supposed to be on stage in 10 minutes. And I was like, I can make it. I was on a treadmill when this happened, because I like to get high and work out. It gives me energy and like makes my mind yeah. like go other places, so I don't think about the fact that I'm running. Right. So then I get a call. I run over there. I tell the host, I'm like, Listen, I don't, I just ate an edible. I didn't time it right. I stay close. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, yeah, dude, Robert Kelly. And I go out there and the same thing is happening. I'm not, it's almost like the way your brain would work if you're having a stroke. Like your words aren't making sense. The punchlines aren't hitting 
I'm not sounding however I think I'm sounding. Right. And I'm like, oh, no. And then I just said to them, guys, I got the adrenaline up of, like, what I'm about to do. And I'm like, thousand people, at least a thousand people. It was huge theater in Montreal. And I'm like, um, I am going to faint. I've This has happened to me before. Uh, it's totally okay. I'm going to be out back <laughs> here later. I But I have to. And they're all just, like, confused. And I go, I know this is awkward. At that point, awkward. It's right, done. Right, right. Come on. But listen. I was struggling for words. So I go, this is awkward, but um, it's not going to be. I'm just, I got to eat some pretzels and drink a a Coke and I'll be back. And I'm like, Robert Kelly to the stage. Robert Kelly did not stay close. He went down to the bowels of this theater to empty his bowels. He was on the toilet shitting in the middle of his shit. He's a big guy. And they were like, Robert, he had to like pinch one off so he could (laughs) sprint back up and like with his pants around his legs to come rescue me. Because at that point I was like holding onto the stool. Like I'm like making a joke of it, but I'm like, I'm not even going to stand anymore. I'm just going to wait for Robert. I'm getting in the fetal position, waiting for Robert Kelly. Then he came and rescued me. So that's where I was like, cut back on it (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) And then it makes me go on podcasts and tell long-winded stories. But now that seems unofficial. Yeah, it is. It seems scary when you're in that moment to like not have control. It's like, this is the one hour where you're supposed to be entirely in control. Yes. Yeah. That's it. It's not control. Yeah. I think uh, I've I've definitely gotten high before performing before. And I think the thing that fucks with me is that I just get very forgetful when I'm high. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, there are moments where I'm like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to say next. Short-term memory goes to shit. In terms of memory, dude, I was doing, I was trying to smoke weed on Dancing with the Stars because (laughs) that was the only thing I had in common with my dance partner was that we both got high. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah, Gleb, let's smoke some pot before. Oh, it was so fun. I was smoking weed with these dancers before practice. It was like the third practice and I was feeling not good. Yeah. And every practice was a struggle. I'm like, maybe this will open some like door in my head. It'll make me connect with my partner more. It was the worst the cameras were on me i was trying to dance i had no rhythm with like i thought maybe some rhythm would be injected into me through the pot no it was more even more was taken and that sucked for me because when i got into dancing with the stars last year i was smoking pot i was a huge pothead now i take days off but back then it was all the time i was high and I had to go cold turkey because I was like, you can't be high dancing. It is not short-term memory. Yeah. That's the thing about dancing. It's like, what's next? Every two, every second is what's next. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was, I had to, but as soon as I was kicked off that show, woo boy. (laughs) Back on. Oh boy. I was high on Good Morning America the next day. You like truly have been doing a thousand things. It's been like back to back to back and I have to be spray tan for all of them. I got it all over my hands. They look like I have vitiligo, which isn't a bad look. Do you uh, do you do it yourself or do you go to a place? I should. I went to a place. So look <laughs> at what happened. This bitch, you know, it. What she didn't do a good job. I sent her pictures. She wrote me all these DMs of why this should have happened. And I go, I get spray tans every week. It's your fault. Yeah. It wasn't mine. I know how to handle them. So spray tans, I'm, I'm done though. I just have to lean into... Whitney Cummings said, surrender to the pallor. Surrender to it because <laughs> yeah, I can't keep this up. It's But I look so much better with a spray tan. 
clearly I my skin is see-through. So if you got a spray tan, you would see it just changes everything. I'm sure it would, but I can't. I think aren't you interested to see how you would look like two points hotter? It guarantees you two (laughs) points hotter. Out of what scale are we talking? Ten. Okay. I just feel like I'm too dangerously close to like I I have like the jowls of a Trump, and so I don't. You would look so fine. We'll see. We'll see. I I don't want people to get spray tans because I it's my secret weapon of how to look so much hotter. I really do. It just happens every time I get one. I hate it. Everyone's like, "You look amazing." I'm like spray tan. It's same with um, lashes. If you have fake false lashes on as a yeah. woman, those are the two things that, as a woman, kind of as a man too. With even lashes, yeah. throw on some mascara or some eyeliner, and I bet you, men, you will get some looks and eyelashes. some attention from women. Eyebrows, too. A good manicured brow. Yes. Yeah. It changes everything. I wish it didn't. I just want to be. <laughs> I just want to stop. I I was listening to another. I, I It was your podcast. Um, yeah. And I, you were talking kind Ugh. of about this, about like, yeah, what happens when you're a little bit older and it's like you're not, that's not what people are thinking about uh-huh. but to me that is like exciting i'm like well a right now i'm like yeah i'm i'm working out because i i would like to reach a point where i'm just purely objectified that is my yes. goal fingers crossed yes we're getting there yes um yeah i just want to be that. like a faceless hunk of me on instagram yeah um i just want you to want to fuck me <laughs> like all these guys respect me and i'm like can you just disrespect me sexually right I do want to ask you about uh, roasts in general. You've done a few Comedy Central roasts and just did the roast of Alec Baldwin. I mean, I've I've thought about, like, you're going into a roast knowing that, okay, you have jokes about other people, but they're going to be telling jokes about you. Yeah. So how do you go in, like, girding yourself to, like, know that your insecurities might get, like, poked at? I don't give it any thought until I hear the joke or until I see my name on the teleprompter. I'm like, oh, fuck, here comes one. And you're not supposed to read the teleprompter (laughs) so that you can hear the joke with them. Right. But it's tempting not to read ahead and be like, what are they going to say about me? How do I brace myself? But I didn't. I tried to stay in the moment. And they truly don't hit until they hit. I don't I don't have any kind of brace for impact feeling legitimately. A lot of times I'm not even thinking about the fact that there are going to be jokes about me until I'm on the red carpet and people start asking, "What? how are you bracing for the for all the jokes that are going to come? And I'm like, oh, yes, fuck, I forgot I have to listen to these. And then when they hit, it, they hurt when they kill. Yeah. That, then it's like, oh, whatever that one was, that's super true. Right. Because you hear them not kill. If they say I'm not funny, which were a lot of the jokes in the beginning, because no one knew who I was, and like, oh, it's easy to be like, oh, she's not funny. Those jokes didn't work because I would always go first on these roasts and then I would kill and then everyone's like, we just saw her kill. That doesn't make sense. So I'd be like, haha, your joke didn't work. I'm funny. (laughs) They don't like that. And then when they say you look like Owen Wilson and the fucking (laughs) place erupts, standing ovation, you're like, maybe there's some truth to that. You know, it's like someone says something mean about you on a comment underneath the picture and then it's like a thousand people liking that. That's what it feels like when a room of people laugh. At a joke about you yeah. being said by a guy named Blake Griffin who you just told you want to fuck so right. bad. Why? I, it sounds horrible when you put it that way. It like, does. why endure it? Why I do it is because I've done it three times and it's never not been ultimately so rewarding. It's right. like having a kid. Every time I feel like it's like a pregnancy, it's like, don't let me do this again. I tell my friends, like, don't do it. 
And then you hold that kid and you're like, oh, it was really worth it. Yeah. Like the feedback I've got, the response from that roast, like my heroes, some of my like comedy heroes responding to it or retweeting it. It's just like, I mean, this has been an insane week for me. I did Howard Stern, who is like my number one person. I've, it was my career goal to be on Howard Stern, be interviewed. And now it's like, what's, I don't have any more goals. I really don't. I don't. (laughs) That was it. I wanted his acknowledgement. I wanted him to think I was funny. I wanted him to think I was interesting. I wanted to have fun with him on the air. And I did. And now I'm like, I could kind of (laughs) quit. I could kind of go start that bird rescue in Kansas City that I've been wanting to do. Yeah, why not? That was the first time you were on Howard Stern this week. I was on a year ago. I did a roast set. and it. But today or yesterday was like sit down interview. Nice. And then before that, a week and a half ago, I sat down with Conan to do his podcast. Right. And I also did Conan's show, and it was my fifth appearance. And it just was like, I'm a regular on Conan. I sat down with his him on his podcast, which is a show that he curates himself and like invites people that he admires and likes. Mm-hmm. I got Conan's validation. I got Howard Stern's validation. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> and mine, obviously. And yours. And yeah. like, just, it's... It feels good to have people who I think are funny. Like that's all I ever wanted, and um, and now I don't know what's next. What my next goal is? Uh, so we have a segment called Elaborate, which is um, some of your tweets about things that you've hated uh, that I just want you to elaborate on. Okay, great. One is just Invisalign was a mistake. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I like how, how you googled Nikki Glazer Twitter hate. <laughs> um, Some people really don't understand how this works, and it's like, yeah, we just searched your name and the word hate. hate. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, Invisalign. I got Invisalign uh, two and a half years ago, and I was supposed to only wear them for six months, and it's been two and a half years. It, they haven't fixed the one thing that I wanted them to fix. They, Wait, do you still like regularly using Invisalign? Yes, yes I sleep with it at night because I don't wear it during the day anymore because fuck them. Yeah. And it's a slow process and I get yelled at every time I go in because I'm not wearing my aligners. But I'm like, then why am I on the last tray? How did my teeth get to the last tray if they're not if I'm not wearing them? So you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. The woman yells at me every time. I hate Invisalign. It was a waste of $7,000. Adult, Just get adult braces. They look cool. I saw a girl last weekend with them at my show, and you never see them anymore, so they actually look cool, and they're like jewelry. They're like a grill. <laughs> I want. I should just get adult braces. I'm so sick of Invisalign. So get um get any of the other ones, Hello Smile or whatever those ones where they ship it to your house. Right. Get those. Smile Direct Club. Yes, Smile Direct Sponsor. Club. Yes, get them for sure. Don't do Invisalign. Fuck yeah. them. How uh, did you have braces as a yes. kid? Didn't wear my retainers. Everything fell out of line. And Same. I have a tooth slipping out and I don't like it. In every picture, I'm like, oh, I wish I'm just going to get veneers eventually because I'm so done yeah. with trying to fix this little glitch that I think is going to find me a husband. There are so many like teeth things that I just don't realize that you can actually have done. I know. Like that. Or they'll like shave down the front so they make them all even. Yeah. But I'm worried that during the apocalypse, like, I won't be able to get my veneers. Like, like you have to get them, like, upkeeped. And what if I get veneers and then it's apocalypse and, like, nothing works anymore? And yeah. we're on the streets and I have, like, falling out. Yeah. Everyone with glasses is fully fucked. Yeah. You better have your glasses in your go bag. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, usually so... they're just on my face. No, I'm always wearing contacts. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. So Those maybe... things are going to dry out so quick with all the volcanic ash in the air. But what if, yeah, what if my glasses break and then I'm just... Then you're Ralphie on The Christmas Story. Yeah. 
forever. Oh my God, forever. I mean, I'll die pretty soon after. Yeah, any, I'm going to die right away. If I don't die in the apocalyptic event, like I'm, I'll definitely be some type of like whipping boy for sure. <laughs> And, and you might as well be blind. Blind <laughs> yeah. whipping boy sounds better. The less better I than see, the boy. better. <laughs> um, this is more about other people, but uh, Starbucks baristas and flight attendants hate us all more than you and I will ever understand. Yeah, they yeah. they really get through life gritting their teeth. Yeah. I I feel like we need a, a airline where the flight attendants just don't. I mean that it's every airline, um, but where they like truly don't give a shit about customer service. I know, you and see just them put treat up with you so like garbage. Like I think I want that for them. I know I do too. I want them to w- have one day off a year. Flights are super cheap that day, and, and they, they treat just, you like shit. Yeah. I like I would go because I feel like, you know, I'm selfish and I can be like I'm a good airline passenger. I just want them to be mean to everybody else. Me too. I I defend them a lot of times when people get mouthy with them. I took off my headphones the other day because I thought this guy was like yelling at this woman. Yeah. Instead, he was telling her what a great job she did. And I was like, okay, cool. You're good. You're good. (laughs) Yeah. Always a little aggressive attempt of to compliment. But yeah. yeah. So I I protect. Yeah. Because they. Maybe someone has a joke of it, or maybe it's my joke. I don't even know at this point. But, like, when they walk down the aisles going, trash, trash. If I was a flight attendant, I would just be directing that to people. <laughs> trash, you're trash, you're trash. Like, I would just quiet the your. Yeah. Because I hate everyone on a plane. People are disgusting, including myself. There's nothing more, like, that will guarantee you hating someone, even if you love that person, than sitting next to them on an airplane. Yeah, yeah. You really just get too comfortable. You forget. You pick. I pick my nose and just take off. Like my feet are out. Like I try to be or more conscious, conscious of my. You'd like you eat gross. I'm just gro- I am gross. I'm one of them. I'm one of those passenger shaming. <laughs> but I'll tell you about Starbucks baristas. They hate us. I follow their subreddit of like Starbucks employees because <laughs> I go to Starbucks so much that I just wanted a little bit of an insider's. Right, right. I just wanted to see what they were saying about us and what annoys them and how it can be a better customer for them because they are so they hate us so much and I want them I want to endear myself to them. Yeah. And there just is no endearing yourself to a Starbucks. You get it by the book. You you get what you pay for. If they want to fill your cup up three fourths of the way, they're gonna do that. Don't complain. Take what you get. Pay $5 for a drink that is not right and just be on your way. Yeah. And that's the only way they'll like you. I guess. They hate, but they hate you. Yeah. Oh, they hate you. Have you had a run-in with them before or it's just like... Yeah. I mean, I'm not... <laughs> I, not I'm not. i always so polite and I always... And like I said, I'm trying to learn ways to get them to like me. I yeah. want them to have a good experience with me and not hate me. But when my drink isn't done right and I'm paying $5 for coffee and steamed milk... And it's not right. I'm going to say something about it. Yeah. And very politely and on their schedule, I'll wait for them to have like a dip. I'm not like interrupting them as they're steaming milk. But yeah, I've gotten a lot of eye rolls. I've gotten a lot of, don't you hate it when girls who used to work here come in and act like they own the place? And I'm like, (laughs) bitch, I didn't used to work here. I just am frequent your subreddit. And I know the lingo. Yeah. What is your Starbucks drink? A venti extra hot almond milk misto and then I sprinkle. <laughs> Ideally, I would like half this almond milk, half soy milk yeah. misto, but you can't really do that. 
So, and then I sprinkle vanilla powder on top at the bar. And sometimes they don't have vanilla powder. So you got to go to the, their bar and go, hey, do you guys have vanilla powder? And then they're like, oh, it's a fucking Karen. That's what they call us on the, the thread. Karen's. <laughs> Bitches that ask for too much. Now I'm a goddamn Karen. Yeah, I do think, I mean, we probably are more used to, I just, I I sympathize with Starbucks baristas in like the rest of the country. Yes. Because I think there's just like so many drinks being churned out per barista in New York and LA. Yeah. And like, yeah. I always wanted to work at a Starbucks. Like, I think I'd be pretty good at it. And I think I would do it with a smile on my face. Well. I doubt it. <laughs> I should undercover boss yeah. Starbucks. Undercover customer. Yeah. <gasps> Wait. That's a good show. Write it down. Someone who, like, frequents a place and is kind of an asshole. We find a guy, We find someone who goes to a place a lot. Oh, my God. Don't you steal this. Copyright. <laughs> Can you just say copyright and then it's yours? Yeah. This Don't is trademark. steal undercover customer. And I want to do the first episode if you do steal it. Nikki Glazer Starbucks. All right. <laughs> on that note, um, where can people find you and your work? Um, I have a show on SiriusXM every single day, Monday through Thursday, so not every single day. Um, on Channel 95, it's Comedy Central Radio. So if you have Sirius or a rental car, check it out. And then I have a podcast um, with clips from that show and um, and another, like, in my own podcast, Intertwined. Um, it's called The You Up Podcast. It comes out every Friday. Um, check that out. And I have a new special, Bangin', that comes out on Netflix October 1st. Um, and that's, I think that's it. Twitter, Instagram, Nikki Glazer. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Go get your uh, wild Starbucks drink. Oh, it's waiting for me in the car. I left it there. (laughs) Great. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier, starting with the TV shows we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? Well, technically, I'm still watching Dairy Girls, so now I'm on season two. But this isn't really TV... But what, ever since we saw the Harry Potter play on Broadway, I've really um, just been back on a Harry Potter kick and fully watched uh, the sixth movie and then Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2 over the course of three days. Uh-huh. Um, and then I started listening to the audiobooks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing with my time <laughs> and my quality time. Good. Sure. Yeah. What about you? I will say it's it's fun to rewatch and not rewatching with like a critical eye it's just like oh this is a warm blanket of childhood just being wrapped around me and i i love it also i just fucking love daniel radcliffe really do what are you watching i have mostly been in catch-up mode i feel like i'm behind on almost everything still watching great british bake-off i still need to finish elite i went back and started uh at season one well i watched nikki glazer special been on a big netflix binge and I started watching I Need to Finish, but the Netflix came out with a Between Two Ferns movie. Oh, yeah. I need to watch that. Yeah. I started it. I mean, I love all of the Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis. And they did this whole, like, hour and a half, like, kind of behind-the-scenes mockumentary about <laughs> how it's made. It's, like, fully ridiculous. Everyone's sort of playing a version of themselves, like Zach Galifianakis... Will Ferrell. And there's like a shitload of celebrities in it. Right. It's very strange. (laughs) I feel like I need to get like fully baked and watch it. (laughs) One day I will. Oh, the other thing I I watched um, 
I, that I don't think I said um, before was Tiffany Haddish has a series of stand-up specials that she uh, executive produced. Oh. And it's like six stand-up specials. I think it's all, uh, it's called They Ready. It's mostly women. I think it's all women uh, that she kind of like personally picked and they all have half-hour specials. There's one by like a trans comedian who I think it was like one of the funniest half-hours that I've seen. Wow. I mean, it's like fully ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, I highly recommend going and watching them. They're all uh, very funny. Yeah, that is basically my my rundown of every Netflix show that is on my my continue watching for Matt list. Beautiful. What is your non TV chaser? Well, I mean, I kind of just said this, but uh, listening, I, I've never been an audiobooks person, and mm-hmm. I really want to start doing it. So I started with Harry Potter, and I must say, I'm really enjoying it so far. I've already listened. I it's only been like two days, and I've listened to I think three hours already. So um, that's yeah, it's really nice. I really like it. So I'm yeah. going to go ahead and say audiobooks. I do like it for books that I've read. Yeah. Because I think for an audiobook, sometimes it's hard because it feels like you have to pay attention and right. like not be doing anything else. I remember my sister once was like, here's a self-help book called Happy. You should totally listen to the audiobook. And it was definitely read by someone who's French. I think it's the author. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck he's saying <laughs> at all. <laughs> Did not listen to it. Yeah, it can go wrong. Yeah. But no, for Harry Potter especially, like it's just it's the tone of it and everything. It's it's fun. And my dad and I, uh, when I was growing up, we would read Harry Potter together so it started where like he would read it out loud to me and then as I got older like we would take chapters and characters and stuff but we always read every single Harry Potter book together Uh so I am very used to hearing it read out loud Um, so it that that's it's nice it's it's nice to makes me happy you can also listen to Everything is Awful, read by me, <laughs> Matt Bellisai. I spent two fucking days in a fucking audio studio recording my book in front of two middle-aged white men. So yeah, <laughs> that's my chaser. Plug, what is your chaser? My chaser is my recently discovered, even though I knew it was up there the entire time, Three rooftop. Years. <laughs> my apartment building has a very nice rooftop that I, I guess I saw when I like went and checked out the building before I moved in. And then I moved in and just have never gone up there. I think in my mind I needed some like special key to get up there. No, the elevator just opens right on to- onto it and it's like beautiful and it has views of like the Empire State Building <laughs> and all of Manhattan. And yeah, I also live in a very broy building, so I'm always scared of who I'll run into up there and who I'll have to throw off the like 26th floor but now that it's fall and it'll soon be too cold to go out there i'm glad i discovered it we'll know we'll know now for next year Mm -hmm. so everyone's invited can't wait to see you there for this week's unhappy hour thank you for listening you can head to apple podcast spotify stitcher wherever you get podcasts hit that subscribe button then rate us and review us but only if it's nice i don't want to hear your shit unhappy hour is a production of pineapple street media it's produced by barry finkel melissa slaughter and me matt bellisai 
Special thanks to Genoise Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansi Su. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. We are the champions, my friends. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful, he's true. That's Don't Hurt Yourself. I saw your face. That's James. And I in place. And I don't know what to do. Wally! Be with you. Please delete all of this. <laughs>